Hey, welcome to the Resolve Podcast, episode number 14. I'm Carly Tisano, a New Year's resolution coach, obsessed with all things goal setting, personal development, coaching, and of course, resolutions. One of my biggest goals is to help you reach yours. I'm here to provide the tools, support, and inspiration you need to reach your goals this year and every year, and to feel supported every day along the way. Today, I have a very, very special guest that I cannot wait to interview. She is actually a client of mine all the way over in the bright and beautiful, <laughs> or most days, I assume, kind of rainy, a little bit gray UK. We have been working together over the course of this last year through the Resolve program, and it has been so much fun to help Charlie, first of all, set her resolutions for what she wanted to tackle this year, then throughout the year, develop a strategic plan and begin to make progress on all of those things. And now, as we reach the end of the year, to help her crack open the champagne, or actually, in this case, as you will soon see, find other means and methods of celebration. And I cannot wait to have Charlie come on the podcast and share the information that she has learned, the ways that she has grown, uh, and what coaching has meant to her over this last year, and of course, the things that she's been able to achieve. So without further ado, here is my interview with my special and sweet client, Charlie. Charlie, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Okay. I'm super excited to have you here to talk about your coaching experience, the things you've learned, how you think you've grown. But first, let's start out with having you share a little bit about what led you to personal development and made you interested in coaching in the first place. Yeah. Okay. So it's something that I've always been interested in, but really the the kicker for me last year, it would have been now, was as with many people in the wake of covid Lots of things happened and changed. I was made redundant from my job. Well, I was put on furlough, so I was at home a lot. And then I was made redundant. And I came to realize that dream of (laughs) not working and having all of this time to do all of these other things I wanted to do actually was terrible for me. Not having a sort of structure to my day didn't really suit me. And I was just on the sofa being a couch potato (laughs) not achieving anything. And my partner and I were then thinking that we would start a business. He was also off work. He had a surgery and trying to get that off the ground, all of the struggles and the difficulties that that come with, coupled with the environment that we were in, just actually put me in not a very good place. And I felt like, what is wrong with me (laughs) that I am just so, you know, I'm so unmotivated. I'm so down. It was the middle of summer in Britain. It was like we were having the most amazing summer. I was at home every day. It should have been lovely. And it was awful for me. Mm. It was really awful. So that sent me on a little bit of a quest to be like, what is happening? I can't continue (laughs) with this. I need to do something about this. And that is what led me to coaching. As I said, I've been into self-help, but never really understood what sort of coaching was. And that's what led me there. Was there anything in particular other than those situations, just feeling like you weren't doing those things that you wanted that kind of made you finally say, okay, I need to get coaching now. Yeah. So there were a couple of occasions when me and my partner were at home talking about things to do with this business that we were trying to start. And I would literally break down into Mm -hmm. tears and it would be completely debilitating. And I would literally just sit and stare at the wall. Mm. And he is a very chill, blase guy. And he was like, I don't get it. I don't understand what is so terrible about what's happening right now. 
And I also couldn't understand what I was finding so terrible. And so I was like, no, this is this is not good for us, for our relationship. I, I need to figure out mm-hmm. why I'm having such a mental breakdown about something that is frankly so benign. Well, and since you were so into self-help and personal development and even the beginnings of the coaching world, I remember you saying, like, I know all of the things. I know what I should be doing. I just am not really sure what that actually looks like in real life. Yeah, that's it. So you read this book or you read that book and it's, you should be meditating or focusing on the now or processing your emotions. <laughs> yeah. What does that mean? Come on. <laughs> and it's, yeah, great. Intellectually, I can understand that on a piece of paper that that's what this means. But in the throes of feeling like, oh my God, I cannot cope with this situation. What do you then do? And obviously you can't get that from a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that hands-on, applicable to your own life advice and strategy. Unfortunately, there's no podcast that speaks directly to you. We just have to pull those things out and try to apply them to our own lives. And I think that's where coaching is so powerful to have the podcast or the session that's completely dedicated to you and what you're going through. Absolutely. And you can't look outside of your life whilst you're in your life. Right. (laughs) You don't have the outside perspective. Yeah, that's it. It's all doom and gloom and terrible in your own brain, because that's (laughs) the only point of reference that you have. So we have had the incredible opportunity of getting to work together over the last year. So do you feel like now you have a better understanding of how to apply those tools and tactics and strategies in your own life? Yeah, definitely. I think that one of the biggest things for me was that like trying to understand that just because my brain is doing this thing or it's thinking this thing or it's reacting in this way, that is not the be all and end all. That's mm-hmm. not like where the conversation then ends. That's actually the start of right. realizing, okay, this is what's happening. We can look at this objectively or certainly in the first <laughs> bit, you can look at this objectively. Then that's where we go from there about what right. we're going to do next. And these are some of the, the steps that we can take, things that we can think about, tools that we can use as opposed to being like, oh, I'm having a breakdown. That's it. Let's just throw our hands up in the air and cry for the rest of the day. Yeah. It's like you said, that's not the end of the conversation. It's the start of the conversation. That's exactly where we launch from. And then everything else just comes from that. Yeah. So have you had a favorite moment from the past year or an accomplishment or achievement that you are most proud of? I think that the achievement that I'm most proud of this year is that I really wanted to do a triathlon. And I have been somebody who's sort of, you know, in and out of a quote unquote fitness routine for most of my adult life on the wagon, off the wagon, that sort of thing. And so I really wanted to set myself a challenge that was particularly hard and would require a real bit of commitment from me. Mm. And yeah, fortunately, my partner got on board with that and we worked, we put together a structure, we put together a training plan, we printed it out, stuck it on the wall stuck to it like 90 odd percent and went out right outside of our comfort zone and we are not runners we are not swimmers by any stretch and we went out and we did it and it was really hard but it was great and the feeling at the end was like gosh I really can't believe that we just did that so it was amazing and it was just that much more incredible because it wasn't just running or swimming it was running and swimming and biking and you did all of it and you were dealing with a lot of that around the pandemic and figuring out the pool's not open or it might be open and we're not sure if it's open and just putting all of the pieces together took 
just that much more grace and confidence and commitment to the goal. And you did it within the first couple months of the year. You committed to it and checked it off. Yeah, I forgot actually that at the beginning of the year when I said to you I want to do a yeah. triathlon, I was like, but the pools aren't open. What am I going to do? I can't go to the pool. <laughs> and having to just get over all of that drama, even in the first instance, to be like, it, this is still something that we can yeah. achieve. We don't know all the steps right now, but we're going to figure it out. And we did. And you did. Yes. Okay. What about favorite moment or favorite part? I think... One of my favorite moments was probably recently when we started talking about the way that my brain works when I'm in like a social anxiety situation. Mm -hmm. When you sometimes talk through your thoughts that you're having out loud, it's just actually hilarious what your brain is up to in there. And Mm -hmm. something that I've always been dealing with and always had a bit of acknowledgement that I find some social situations quite difficult. But when you put it out there into the world, gosh, it's hilarious. And then you just think as if I've been like listening to this all my life. And I just thought that was funny when we were talking about that recently. (laughs) Yeah. It's so fun to get those things out of our brain, to be able to articulate them because sometimes they are just the craziest things. But like you said, it's repeating it over and over our whole life. We just are so convinced that it's true. Yeah. And social anxiety is not necessarily a goal that you set or something you really wanted to tackle this year, but along with everything else, it's just one of those things that came up and that we talked about and have spent several sessions. It's been either the center issue or something on the fringe that we've talked about. And it's been so fun to see how that weaves in with other things and the inroads you've been able to make with getting those thoughts out there, articulating them, determining which are even true to begin with objectively which you want to keep believing, which are helping you to show up the way you want to in social situations, what it's like to carry that anxiety with you, regardless of what situation you're in and how you want to show up. It's been so cool. Yeah, I think you're right. It's like, it wasn't something that we had set out to do or talk about because I think that I had perhaps just put it down to, oh, this is just like who Mm. I am. I am Mm. just one of those people who is socially anxious. So there's no point bringing it into our conversation. It's just something I'm going to have to deal with. But through the process and through the awareness, then you start to think, actually, maybe I'm not just (laughs) riddled with this thing that I have to then deal with for the rest of my life. And I think what's interesting about that is that you go into something with a perception of maybe how it's going to be. And actually, there's lots of other aspects that it starts to affect that you're not even trying to make it affect. Mm hmm. Yeah. And then when you can begin to break it down and look into it, it then has the ripple effect out through all of those other areas. Right. Okay. What was your biggest aha moment? I think it's still on this thought process of just because my brain thinks it, Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that it's true. Mm -hmm. And more of the aha being that actually most of it's a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Our brains are so creative. Yeah, most of it actually is a lie that my brain has been telling for good reason. We appreciate you, brain. Like we know what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. but most of it is just really debilitating for a reason that is not happening. When you know we're not in immediate danger, we're not in trouble. Right. We're fine. We don't have to be so freaked out about the neighbor coming around for a cup of tea, not necessary. Yeah. It it thinks it's trying to keep us safe and comfortable. And on some level and some of the time we really appreciate that. But when you're trying to grow at your company and make new friends, run triathlons, it's not always the most helpful thing. No, 
Far from. <laughs> yes, far from it. And then once you've done the work of deconstructing those thoughts or those lies that you don't really want to believe, then you can start to intentionally build the ones or the beliefs that you do want to believe. Yeah. Okay. What have you found to be the most difficult? The most difficult thing for me has been, I think that you come to session and you have this great chat and you, you know, have all of these moments of, okay, this makes sense. Or, wow, I didn't know I was thinking that, Mm -hmm. or this other perspective is brought into light through our conversation. And then I've then got to go away and do the work. Like ultimately the coaching is there as another tool. The person Mm -hmm. who has to do the work is still still me. (laughs) I still have to do it all. Mm -hmm. And it's hard actually to dedicate so much time into yourself and into your own mental health and to put that as a priority when there's so many other things going on. Of course, it's abundantly worth it, but it is hard to do. Yeah. And it's important to recognize that it's hard so that when it is, you don't beat yourself up over that too. Like it doesn't just become another thing to whack yourself over the head with that. It's okay that it's hard. Often like it's supposed to be hard because that is indicating how important it is that we do this work. Yeah, exactly. Like ultimately I'm the person who has to keep myself accountable. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's hard to do for yourself, but that's why doing it with you, with somebody like this makes it that much easier because there is somebody else holding you accountable too. Yeah. And that's what makes it more fun too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What advice would you give to someone who is starting this coming new year, determined to keep their resolutions, whether or not they ever have before? I've, ha- I've always been the sort of person who loves to set a, a, a big, crazy goal yes. and often not achieve it. I have been trying to build the perfect, idyllic, Instagram-worthy morning routine for probably five years. But I think what's important and what I've had to learn is that my definition of what it means to achieve that thing needs to be flexible. Mm. So just because I've said that I want to get up at 6.30 a.m. every single day doesn't mean that if I didn't on one day of the seven that I'm a complete failure. It doesn't have to look like that. And I think especially when you're starting out and you're trying to build all of these new habits or work towards these new goals, things you've never been able to do before, there has to be grace in the fact that it doesn't have to be perfect for it to be making a difference. Right. And we've talked about consistency is whatever you want it to be. So you can say, I want to get up at 6.30 AM consistently, but for some people that doesn't mean they want to get up at 6.30 on Saturday and Sunday. Like they want to sleep in on those days, but if they right. do the other five, that doesn't mean that they're not doing it consistently just because they only do it five days a week. You get to decide and determine what that looks like for you. And so letting yourself be flexible, that it doesn't have to look the same as someone else. It doesn't even necessarily have to look the same way you expected it to when you first set the goal can be so freeing and it can make the process just so much easier and so much more fun when you get to see how things turn out, to see how you want things to turn out and then work towards it. Yeah. It's that expectation piece. Like you say, you you go into something expecting it to be like this. Like I expect that I'm going to do yoga for 30 minutes, five times a week. Life happens and sometimes things get in the way. That means that's not going to happen. It doesn't mean that you're not achieving. It doesn't mean that you're not being successful at working towards the thing that it is that you want to do. Yeah. And you get to define success too. And the other piece is that I know we've talked about is we want things because of how we think they're going to make us feel. And so from that perspective, you may have the Instagrammable morning routine, or you may be doing yoga five times a week, 
but you still have to do the work to be feeling the way you want to feel when you do those things or else it's still going to feel out of alignment, even if it looks exactly like what you were expecting. Yeah, exactly. Where is this action coming from? And would you, do you want to be killing yourself to be getting up at 6.30 every day just so that you can do yoga? Or do you want to be coming from a place that you're excited about getting up to do it? And maybe yeah. that means it's only twice a week. But mm-hmm. when you do it, it's so much more enjoyable for you. What's going to be more sustainable? <laughs> right. Do you want to do awake yoga or sleepy yoga? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it means like you have to go to bed earlier the night before, or maybe it means you don't drink the night before, or maybe it means you actually sleep until eight and then you do yoga. And it can be any of those things, but if you're committed to what you want to achieve or the way you want to feel when you achieve it, then you are willing to give yourself the opportunity to figure the rest out. Right. And that's what we've gotten to do. Exactly. Okay. What did you find the most helpful about coaching? What did I find the most helpful? I think what we said at the beginning, it's like, you can't necessarily see what's going on from inside your life. Mm -hmm. There needs to be an outside perspective. And of course we all have outside perspectives trying to influence us all of the time. Our partners, our friends, our family, everybody's got their own opinion about you and, and your life and this, that, and the other. But the thing about coaching is that the person who's giving you the perspective, it's completely objective. Mm -hmm. It's looking at things from a perspective that, you know, obviously before we started this, you didn't know me from Adam. You come to the table with no preconceived ideas about who I am or what I can do or, you know, what my scope of ability is. You come to the table with nothing. And so it's the eye that's looking in is one that can actually really help as opposed to the opinion of somebody else or or your own brain that's no, 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 let's just be safe and stay in bed all day. Yeah, that's so true. As a coach, it's my job really to have no inherent expectations of what a session is going to look like or who you are or what you want to achieve. But I still come to it with the complete belief that you can achieve anything. You can develop a certain habit or you can develop a certain characteristic or belief system. I believe you can do any of it even if I'm not expecting any certain one in particular. And that gives you the freedom then to go and to grow in whichever direction you want to. And I just get to be there to support all of it. And it's really exciting. Yeah. And the other question that you ask me a lot is whatever the thing is, is that what you want? Is Mm -hmm. that what you want to think? Is that what you want to feel? Is that what you want this situation to look like? And some of us find that a hard thing to be like, okay, what what do I want? And I don't think for me personally, It's not something that I would have ever asked myself. Do I want to be annoyed about this situation? Mm. Because the default is I'm annoyed. Or sometimes it's, I shouldn't be annoyed by this. I should just be fine with it. And especially when you can step back, because probably all those other people in your life, your friends, your family, if you told them the situation, they're going to have opinions and beliefs, especially of what you should do or how you should act in a certain situation. And my job, it's really to not have any of those things, but then to help you figure out what it is you want, what action do you want to take, how you want to feel, what you want to believe. And then you can do whatever it is you want to do. (laughs) Yeah. Crazy. Maybe I could do something that actually I want to do. Wow. (laughs) There's a lot of freedom there. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Let's move on to the resolution round. So you said you like to set big audacious goals. This year you sent 15 goals that we were able to work towards together. 15. Wow. So I know that you do set goals or resolutions, but has the way that you set them changed? Is it going to be any different going forward? Yes. I think that 
the way that I define a goal and a resolution moving forward mm. is definitely going to be different. Yeah, things that I would do before is I'm going to quit sugar for 30 days or over the summer, I am going to learn how to do a handstand and I'm going to do it in three months. And therefore, that means I have to do this, that and the other every single day and I have to be perfect. But actually, that's not the way that a goal gets done. Mm. It's not by trying to be perfect and then beating yourself up about it. It's about not just trying to do things from the action line to be like, okay, this is all the action I'm going to take. And then being worried about why did I not do that? Oh, I'll start again tomorrow. My whole day is ruined. But actually the way that I'm defining getting that done is coming from a different place of, okay, what do I need to be thinking to try and get this done? Mm. As opposed to just putting an alarm on and a plan on the wall. And when you come to setting goals, I think from that perfectionistic mindset, it's so easy to fall into them that all or nothing thinking of, if I'm not going to do it perfect, then I'm not going to do it at all. But ultimately that's not what's going to get you to your goal. Would you rather be able to do a handstand because you did it for 60 out of the 90 days, but end of the summer being able to do a handstand? Or would you rather believe I've missed the first three days of this handstand challenge. So I give up and then it's the end of the summer and you can't do handstand. Yeah, exactly. And also what I experienced to the beginning of this year. So with like the first quarter, it was like, we're making, you know, some big leaps and bounds and I'm feeling much more positive. And then like month four, whatever it was, I hit a slump. And I was like, oh my gosh, what I would have done before has been like, that's it. Let's just hang up the towel Mm -hmm. because it's all gone to pot. (laughs) But actually, no, that's also part of it. It's not Mm going to be smooth sailing the entire way and things are going to change. And my expectation of things also needs to change. We can just get back on the horse and and go again next time. Doesn't mean that it's all loss. The year's not over. And that's why so many people struggle to keep their goals and resolutions because They get to January 2nd or April or whatever it may be. And when they lose their motivation or like they haven't been doing the thing for the last three weeks, like they were planning to, then it's so easy to just give up and to throw up your hands and say, it's done. I tried. I'll try again next year. And to really beat yourself up over not doing the exact thing you said you were going to, when it's really about so much more than that. And you're really able to develop those skills of self-confidence and self-trust and perseverance um, and intentionality when you're in those slumps or in the hard parts. That's where those skills are able to be developed. That's why it's almost the most important part. It may not be the most fun part, but it really is the most important part because that's where so much of your growth happens. Yeah, that's it. And sometimes life gets in the way. Like about that time of year, I moved. And so, of -hmm. course, I'm not going to be doing all of the things that I said I'm going to be doing every day because I'm moving. And like you said, it's having that trust about that's okay that I haven't picked up a book or whatever in two weeks because I know that when I can and when I have the capacity to, I am going to pick this thing up again or I'm going to start doing this again. Mm -hmm. And like you say, I don't have to beat myself up about it in the interim. Yeah. And then it prepares you for the next transition. Oh yeah. I've been through a transition before. I know what to do. I know how to loosen up expectations or what expectations I need to let go a little bit. And maybe which ones I need to tighten up. I really do need to keep getting up early because it helps me feel so much better the rest of the day. That's something that's going to support you maybe through the transition, but you don't have to keep doing everything when things look a little different, but you also know you can get back on top of everything exactly when you want and need to. Yeah. So how did you feel about goals and resolutions prior to this year? 
Yeah, well, as I say, it was something that I always did, but it always was a short, fleeting, yes, I'm feeling amazing about this and our whole life is going to change and (laughs) we are just going to be the most perfect Zen goddess going forward. And then obviously that enthusiasm waning, basically feeling terrible about resolutions (laughs) there on out. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people feel like that. It's, It's so, you're so high and then you come crashing down so hard and then you leave it and you forget about it and you say you're going to try again and then the high comes and then the low obviously immediately comes and then it just wanes off into the distance. So although it was something that I always did and always liked to plan for, I always liked to make goals, there was, I think, always probably the back of the mind expectation that probably not going to do it mm. though, are we? <laughs> I think that's so true of resolutions. Like when people say them, they like do a little shrug at the end. Like, we'll see. Wait, 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 we'll see. (laughs) And then of course it gets to the end of the year. And a lot of the times people don't talk about the resolutions they've kept. So there's that other side and people don't ask you like, Hey, did you ever go on that three week trip to Spain you were planning to do? There's not really the follow through then of anyone on the other side, even talking about it. No, because I think also it's like a bit of a culturally accepted notion that, of course, you gave up on your resolutions in April. And if you didn't, why not? You're making the rest of us look bad. (laughs) That's true, too. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's really sad that then people aren't even honoring your success with you because there's that underhanded thing. Well, why could she do it? And I couldn't. So, yeah, people want to celebrate with her to their level. But they can keep resolutions too. I believe it. Absolutely. We all can. <laughs> we, we all just can. Gotta let our brain get out of the way. Yes, that's true. Okay. So can you give a glimpse of any of the goals you're going to be working on next year? So my next year looks quite different to this year. As I am expecting a baby, so which was not part of the plan for this year at all. And some other adjusting that had to be done to what I was trying to achieve this year. But yeah, so my next year looks quite a lot different. and. For the first time in a long time, one of my goals is really to not set many goals Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I think what is going to be important for me next year is more about staying in tune with myself, Mm -hmm. with my body, with my family, with my baby, and just being incredibly present and continuing with some of the self-care pieces that we've been doing this year to give myself that bit of grace and trust about, okay, we really don't know what next year is going to throw at us from Mm -hmm. how I'm going to feel and what my emotional state is going to be like, but that's okay. We're going to get through it anyway. And we're just going to ebb and flow with, with what happens, which is really against my nature. I'm not (laughs) really an ebby and flowy kind of gal. I like to have a plan. And so that's what, that will be challenging for me actually. Yeah. I think you have been perfectly prepared for that this year. Even just finding out that you're pregnant, that you're going to have a baby and the adjustment and the ebbing and flowing we did around that. I know it's going to be great. I know that it's all going to come, maybe not easily, but it's all going to come and you're going to do the sink into the growth that that different kind of goal is going to allow you to do. Yes. It will be huge growth because yeah, like you say, it's completely different. Yeah. Completely different approach. The goals that I set this year, lots of them were things I've been trying to do for years potentially. And so this will look completely different, but it would obviously be far more stressful going into something like that. That's so different from my sort of natural personality 
without having gone through this year first and having some of those tools in my pocket. And I remember even at the beginning of the year, you were thinking, I'm going to have a baby sometime soon in the next couple of years. And so a lot of the things we tackled this year were things you wanted to do before that happened. And you were able to. Yes. Yeah. And so I know too, that once the baby grows up a little bit, maybe you're into the toddler phase and you want to start reading again at night or maybe run another triathlon. I don't know, whatever it is you decide you want to talk about that time. I know that you have the skills and the tools that you need in order to do that then. Yeah, exactly. Just because we didn't do it this year doesn't mean we're not going to do it. Yeah. (laughs) Next year can look totally different. Yeah. Yeah. And that's totally okay. So are there any tools though, or techniques that you acquired and used this year that you think are going to help with keeping the goals next year, even if they look a little different? One of the things that was your suggestion that has really helped me because I am a a bit of a planner and I like to be organized is that habit tracker. Mm -hmm. It is, has been super helpful. Even obviously it doesn't mean that then I'm tracking the things that I'm trying to build as a habit every day and I'm not being perfect with it, but one it's, it's there looking at you to remind you that these are the things that you're trying to focus on or are part of your focus, even if you don't get to do them every day. But also you get like a little hit (laughs) when you tick the box in, you're like, yep, did another one of these, did another one of these, like color in the little box. And so I think that I will carry that over into next year, even for just small things. Even if it's just like today, we're going to do one thing that feels productive. And that might be washing up my breakfast plate with baby in arm and that might be enough and just being able to put that on the tracker to be like okay we did something yeah because you don't want to feel like you're sitting around doing nothing all day obviously you're not you're making a human and raising a human so I think that will still be really prevalent for me next year and one of the things also that I think we've worked on this year that is going to help a lot with that is taking the time to recognize and celebrate your success because washing up the plate checking that off that is worthy of the celebration and success. Raising a human is worthy of celebration and success. Taking care of yourself, doing those self-care things is worthy of celebration. And it's something that we also, along with not giving resolutions, we also don't take the time often to celebrate the things that we have been able to achieve, whether they're resolutions or not, whether we do it at the end of the year or not. A lot of times we just don't even recognize that success has happened. And no matter how that, small they are too, right. like this could be a tiny thing. But it's still a big thing. It's still something that you did that you might not have otherwise done. And that's enough for a pat on the back. Yeah. And also with the habit tracker, it's been fun to bring in some of those other components too, like the getting to choose what you want consistency to look like. There are some things on your habit tracker that you do once a week. And just because there's some white space around that, because you only have to check it off once a week, that's okay. That's intentional. And that's what you choose. Yeah. Exactly. Doesn't mean it's not consistent. Doesn't mean it's not success. So even maybe your habit tracker next year, instead of marking off a square, maybe what it looks like is you just have a chart of squares. And then each day you write in the square, what the thing is you did that day. So instead of having all the different categories and you just check off one, you're just creating a master chart of all the days every day and what you did every day intentionally for yourself. Yeah, that's a good idea. Actually, like we did something. It doesn't have to be in one of these headings that we've specified, but we did something and that's enough. Yeah. And then, because every day, like you said, it might look different and that's okay. It's all part of it. Okay. So are you confident that whatever next year looks like, you're going to be able to achieve those greater senses of presence, of taking care of yourself, 
whatever the year may turn out to look like? Yeah, I mean, I think I definitely feel confident in my ability to just deal with whatever it is that does happen. There are a couple of things this year that were on my list that I wanted to achieve that for whatever reason, circumstances outside of my control, I could not do. COVID was in the way and a new baby was in the way and we moved house. And so some of those things were outside of my control and that means I didn't achieve them. Mm -hmm. But all of the things that we've been working on means that I haven't made those mean anything terrible about me right and so even if going forward next year and even if I am struggling with being a new mom and all the challenges that faces I've still don't that things happen and I can still be confident Mm -hmm. that I'm gonna get through it and I can again I can change the different change the definition of what that looks like yeah and feel good about myself for it Yeah. Sure. There are the things outside of your control, but you're in control of all the things that truly matter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So every week on the podcast, I encourage listeners to resolve to consider something or experiment or take some action. What would you encourage listeners resolve to do? I would say I would encourage people to resolve to get outside Mm. this week, get out into the great outdoors. I love being outside. I love hiking, all those sorts of things, but obviously depending on where you live in the world, this time of year, it's hard to get (laughs) yourself to go outside. It's cold, it's miserable, but there's something about being in the great outdoors that is just healing and refreshing. And it gives you a bit of a reset and it just feels good. Even if it's just walk outside your front door for five minutes. And so this is my own advice that I need to try and take heed of. But yeah, getting outside for five minutes, especially when you don't want to. Yeah, especially when you don't want to. And I think especially as we're in the end of the year mindset, resolution setting season, it's opportune to let your ideas flow in that way, to give yourself that space and that opportunity to let your ideas breathe, to let yourself breathe. The fresh air is always good for you. And it's only going to help the transitions that are coming up and help you be prepared for them. That's it. Yeah. Okay. So to conclude, I have some confetti questions. These are just for fun. So we can get to know you a little bit better. Most of these or a lot of these, I think I know the answer to, but the listeners <laughs> don't. So we will see <laughs> and they'll get to find out all the fun stuff about you. First of all, what time do you get up? Before I was pregnant, about 6.30. Now that I am, it's a bit more like 7.30. <laughs> Still intentional. Yeah. Okay. When do you do your best work? First thing in the morning is best work for me. Get all the hard things done at the beginning of the day. Mm -hmm. What is the best piece of advice you've been given? Best piece of advice that I'm still trying to implement into a belief system, I think is what other people think about me is really none of my business. That is a hard one. It's very hard, but it's also very true and very freeing if you can accommodate it. It's true. And I think the way you are working to integrate that belief, especially alongside all the social anxiety work we're doing and have done is so beautiful and poignant and it all comes together so well, but that's great advice to always be reminding ourselves of. Yeah. What do you do to rest? I like to read. As I say, I like to get outdoors, like to go for walks and just be out in nature really that I find very Mm -hmm. soothing and calming. Oh yeah. Me too. Favorite beverage. I'm pretty much a water or wine kind of girl. I pretty much only drink water if I'm not having a glass of something. 
naughty. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you allowed to say that living in the UK? It does not have to be tea. See, I'm not really a big tea drinker. <laughs> not really. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, well, that one's like Favorite TV show? Recently, I watched The Vampire Diaries. Mm. I don't know if you've seen it. But... I haven't, but I've heard great things. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. And mm. the one of like the main characters in it is Whew, he is a dish. So it <laughs> makes it very pleasant watching. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe that'll have to go onto my list. What book has had the greatest impact on your life? Oh, I pretty much only read nonfiction. Mm-hmm. One book I read that I was like, whoa, when I did read it was Eckhart Tolle's The Power of Now. But I, another book also for all of the female listeners is Period Power by Maisie Hill, which just blew my mind about the female body. And I learned things that I just didn't even know as a 28-year-old woman. Mm-hmm. Somebody should have taught me this once upon a time. And that was just an amazing read. So I would recommend that to everybody. What book are you currently reading? Currently, I am reading The Woman, the Art of Breastfeeding. Mm. My repertoire of reading has taken a certain lane. And so I'm pretty much just reading baby books at the moment, which are also just been incredibly eye-opening every thing I learn just puts another 10 things on my to-do list to learn more about and this is another perfect example though uh reading was a habit that we really integrated pretty early in the year and we created our own definition of consistency but it's been something you've done pretty consistently all year and then you found out you were going to have a baby and so while the content of your reading made a shift the importance of the habit and the use of the habit has only multiplied. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm arguably reading more now yeah. because I've got this subject that I'm like absorb information. And a deadline. <laughs> and a deadline. Deadlines always help. <laughs> okay. Finally, what is a win that you're currently celebrating that we can toast with you other than everything you have achieved this year of which I am just so proud? I think it has to be with regards to work. I have had a really big target that I've been trying to work towards this year and I am like this close to having hit it but it's a guarantee that I will have done it and last month particularly at work I had an incredible month like my biggest month yet and I've had just loads of praise from my boss and stuff recently and potentially a pay rise and a promotion on the horizon so I'm very happy with with the achievements that I have made there and it's the end of the year which means that the bonus will be being finalized soon. And that is something worth toasting. Let me tell you. (laughs) I am definitely toasting that with you. That was one of your goals to hit that big target. Yeah. You're on track. You're going to do it. Uh, I'm I'm so proud of you for that. And for the triathlon and some of the things we like substituted out or switched around, but the other, I can safely say 13 things that you did or achieved or worked on or made progress on this year. It's been so fun to not only see you achieve those things and to celebrate you achieving those things, but to see all the growth that has occurred in all those areas to get you there. And then all the surrounding areas that the kind of ripple effect just throughout your whole life. It's been such an honor for me to be a part of that. And I'm just so proud of you and all the progress you've made. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for just being so wonderful and so lovely. It's so also nice to just look forward to. I've got this session and I'm just going to get to like talk about me for an hour. (laughs) Like it sounds, I don't know, like selfish or whatever, but it's really where else in your life do you have an opportunity to be honestly, truly heard for a solid hour with no expectation of the other person to reciprocate the conversation? How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thanks. How are you? This isn't that sort of dynamic. And it's 
incredibly powerful. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I have looked forward to every time the session has been coming up. And it's always just been a pleasure and a laugh. (laughs) Yes, we always laugh. (laughs) Some tears, mostly laughter. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's just been really brilliant. So just thank you so much. Thank you. And I think what you're saying is so true, though, about like the space that you have to really assess where you are in your life and then where you want to be and how you're going to get there. There are really so few relationships and dynamics that we get to have in our life that are so focused on that. And that's just is what makes coaching such a powerful medium, I think. Absolutely. We love the people in our life and they love us, but nobody really wants to hear you banging on about yourself for hours on end. (laughs) With the best will in the world, your best friend doesn't want to do that for you. This is a very unique opportunity to be able to do that and really reflect and make progress. Yeah. That's where the power lies, I think. But thank you so much, Charlie, for taking the time to come on the podcast to share about your experience. Again, I'm just so proud of you and I cannot wait to see all that lies ahead for you and the new little baby and all that you're going to achieve in the future. Thank you so much. And obviously we will stay in touch. Yes, I have to we will. Keep you updated with all things baby and yes. send you pictures and everything. <laughs> oh, and your goals and everything else. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And that is a wrap on my interview with my client, Charlie. It was so, so, so much fun to be able to articulate the things that we worked on over the year, the lessons that we learned, and to share with you glimpses into so many of the discussions that we've had over the last couple of months. I think that coaching is, like we said, such a powerful tool and way to look at your world, to evaluate it, to really get clear on where you are In some cases, also why you got there, although in coaching, we tend to stay pretty focused on the present, but then also very strategically figure out what it is you want, like we talked about, where you want to go in the future, and coaching is all about how you can actually get there. So there's a lot of mindset work that goes on. There's a lot of strategic step-by-steps that you have to take and have to follow. But in the middle of all of that is the exact growth and the goals that so many people are looking to achieve. I'm so thankful and grateful that Charlie was able to come on and share her experience on the podcast today. She has been just a joy and a pleasure to work with, and I'm so grateful to her and definitely want to toast her and all that she has achieved this year. And of course, I want to thank you for tuning in to the Resolve Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Carly Tizano. I would love to connect with you. Don't forget to rate and review. It really helps other people find the show. And subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss another great episode next week. For the show notes or additional support in reaching your goals, check out carlytizano.com. Until next time, here's to all that lies ahead.